Today, we get the privilege of speaking with an old friend who has been involved in ministry as well as business for many years. We're going to talk about that, but we're also going to speak with him about his diagnosis with stage 4 pancreatic cancer and the wisdom he has for all of us, especially if you're dealing with a health-related issue. Next on the Church Solutions Podcast. It's the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. The Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other encouraging ideas for ministry. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Welcome to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. Steve, it's episode 320 today. From the, the, I know you keep score at home. Yes. Yes. So, good. yes, that's... Um, we got it right. All right. We're, we're on the same page. All right. Good. And I actually am recording this now, uh, <laughs> which I wasn't a few minutes ago when we started. So we have a special guest today on the Church Solutions Podcast. We've known him for many years. Uh, he's a good friend of ours. He has uh, led in the worship arts department for several churches over the last four decades, uh, he's actually older than me, which is amazing. Uh, he's uh, served in Texas, churches in Texas and Oklahoma, New Mexico, uh, of course, here in Arizona, where we're from. He's in California now. We'll get, we're going to get into that in a little bit. Uh, he's been in, involved in not just worship arts, but executive staff, uh, over range, over, overseeing a, a wide variety of, of ministries. Uh, one of the churches you were part of, I think their annual budget was over $7 million dollars. I could do something with $7 million. Um, and uh, now he oversees, and he's actually, this has been for years. We've had him on here before, but he now oversees a team called the J3 Effect. And uh, that's a team that helps churches and businesses and marketing, helps them grow, helps them to get on the same page with each other, uh, set up goals and stuff. And, and, and uh, we've talked to Johnny Wyatt over the years about why churches should should really get out there and be involved. Uh, but today we're going to talk to Johnny Wyatt a little bit about his background, his ministry. We also want to talk a little bit about his health. He was recently diagnosed with pancre- pancreatic cancer stage four, and we do want to talk a little bit about that, but we have some ministry questions as well. So I think this will be a really encouraging podcast for everybody, especially if you deal with uh, people, like if your spouse has some health issues or you have health issues, I think that this could be an encouraging thing. Uh, so uh, Johnny Wyatt, thank you for being our guest today. It's a considerable privilege to be a part of this. Thank you so much uh, for inviting me. Well, we're glad to have you here. It's a pleasure to have you here. Michael Gray, part of our team, says hello as well. And Steve Lacey, I'm going to let you kick things off and ask uh, ask Johnny a few questions. All right. So um, when we first met, you were, I think, still a part of the Casas here in town, which is a, 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 one of the larger churches in town. And then you were, I know you participated on as a uh, staff overseer, board executive, that type of thing for another very large church in town. But I imagine your whole ministry career has not been with large churches. Tell me a little bit about um, some of the other ministry experiences you've had or how you got how you got involved in ministry. Well, church number one uh, was in San Antonio, Texas. I was 17 years old, a high school senior, and I was the 
the minister of music at the Prospect Hill Baptist Church downtown in San Antonio. And uh, from there went on to Baylor University and uh, got my degree in church music and, uh, uh, and then served in several small churches as a student. And then uh, my first full-time assignment was the First Baptist Church of Grand Prairie, uh, Grand Prairie, Texas, right outside of Dallas. And so churches I've been in since, uh, for the exception of one very short period of time, I've been churches running a thousand or so uh, in Sunday school or in worship. And, uh, but these, uh, the last few years were in, in larger churches. So a Baylor bear, that's something I didn't know that about you. <laughs> you so. know, for years, years we would say, okay, it's wait till next year. And, uh, but it's really nice that those years are coming. <laughs> yes, I know. Baylor is dominating. I'm a, I don't know if you know, football now. Yeah. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a, a University of Texas graduate. So I'm a big Longhorn. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, okay. so I actually did, I did some postgraduate work in the business school down at Texas University. And I managed an apartment <laughs> building right straight north of the of the law school there. You sound like an Aggie calling it Texas University. <laughs> <laughs> Although only the Texas people are going to get this joke here, but <laughs> 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 they call it T. The Aggies used to call us TU, where we would yeah. we were no, we are UT. So, University of Texas. We yeah. are the university. <laughs> when I was in, when I was going there in prior, they had you know all the schools had bumper stickers and stuff. Our bumper sticker just said the university. The university. <laughs> we weren't arrogant or anything. So. No. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so um you so you've been involved with ministry for a very long time. And what are some of the over the years, what have been some of the trends you've seen? What are some of the things that stand out to you? Uh, what have you seen the church do well and what have you seen the church not do too well? Several things come to mind. I think the most central to my involvement, uh, when when I started out in ministry, we were singing about 50 hymns. Uh, and the same 50 hymns that we were singing then, uh, I, was, I was a worship pastor, I was a music director. And I, I thought of myself as a minister of music. And um, But we were singing the same 50 hymns that my dad was singing when he was born. About the same 50 hymns that, that his dad uh, was was singing when he was born, but f- during my lifetime, I've seen a tremendous uh, evolution, tremendous changes in church music, uh, and and I have enjoyed being on the front edge of that the whole time. Just as soon as we started singing choruses, well, we started I started doing that, and then when I was in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, I had a, a very special experience. My first Monday there. Uh, when I was I was studying uh, in the book of Psalms, and all of a sudden I knew, uh, like through Revelation, I just knew in my heart that God was very interested in praise. That praise was very near to heart, God's heart. And I had never heard a single sermon on the subject. I knew nothing about it. Uh, and uh, But I, I just was suddenly uh, deeply excited about it. And a fellow named Jim Brewer stuck his head in the door. He had been in the church that previous week uh, leading a conference. He was with Campus Crusade. He was there helping the church with with their evangelism ministries. And uh, he had just dropped back by to pick up some books and said, when he stuck his head in the door, I heard that the new music man is here. Thought I'd just drop by to say hi. 
Well, you know, when you're really excited about something, you want somebody. And this guy just happened to be the first guy to get the full load <laughs> of my excitement. And I said, I've just learned something. I just realized that God really is, in, that the phrase is really important to God. Uh, and um, and he said, uh, yeah, it really is. He said, do you know why? And or you know what phrase does? And I said, I have no idea. And he said, uh, well, phrase edifies the body. Uh, it, it blesses God and it evangelizes the lost. And that was kind of a three-part understanding of, of what, I, what the Lord was introducing to me about, introducing me to. And um, it carried me for many, many years. And, uh, and, you know, I've never seen or heard of that guy since. I've often wondered if the Lord may have just sent some. Losing you there a little bit, Johnny. Uh, who was the guy? Was it John, Jim Bruner or Jim Brewer? Jim Brewer was his okay. name. Uh, there's Jim Bruner, I know, but uh, uh, he goes way back to You're breaking up a little bit on us. What, 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 when you made that transition, when you started to make that transition from hymns to more of a praise and worship style, did you get a lot of resistance on that? You know, I didn't. And, and I think the reason I didn't is because I didn't see anybody else doing it. So I wasn't imitating someone else. This was no, nobody else in my in my circles knew anything about this. And um, now it was live and well in other denominations. They had because the the worship movement, uh, according to a lot of research I did back in the day, uh, really started back in 1948. Uh, and it started in Canada. Uh, the Lord just exploded that revelation there, and then a place in New Zealand. Uh, and then by the time I was uh, getting involved, about a thousand churches around the world had discovered each other, uh, that where the Lord had exploded this revelation. Uh, and, uh, but I, the Lord uh, told me that, uh, that praise, I said, well, what is praise? He said, well, it's, it's just bragging on God. And, um, and so the next Sunday morning, I, I stood up and told the congregation, we're just going to uh, enter into uh, what the Bible talks about is praise. We're just going to, we're going to, we're going to use these songs uh, to express our, our love for the Lord. And we're just going to, it's like, well, praise is just like bragging about it. Like you would come up and say, Johnny, I really like your tie. Well, praise is like coming up to God and say, I really love your love. I love your salvation. I love your name. And, uh, and so that was just the beginning of, of us learning to worship God together. And, um, and on Sunday nights, we would sing the courses. We did still stay, sing hymns on Sunday morning. And we started sensing this warmth, this, something about, you know, warmth that we had not experienced before. And my pastor said, you know, this is really something. If what we're experiencing on Sunday night, we need to experience more of that on Sunday morning. So we started kind of introducing it on Sunday morning. And uh, kind of the rest is, is history. But, but the Lord just led me and the church just followed right into it. It was just beautiful. Do um have uh, either one of you guys seen the the Jesus mu music documentary that's been out recently, not too long ago? Oh, if not, no, oh, you should check it out if you're especially. You know, I'm an early follower of the contemporary Christian music and all the 
the the the old school rising stars uh, from way back when. If you're interested in that at all, I really I highly recommend it. I, I watched it just this past week. So it's called the Jesus Music. It's on uh, it? Amazon. Wow. Okay. So yeah, that talks a lot about uh, the like early late sixties and Calvary Chapel stuff, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. A yeah. lot of uh, the changes that went through with Calvary Chapel yeah. and then just all the early pioneers Fair that. Yeah, Maranatha was a big part of it. It was, um, it was one of the first streams. Yes. Yeah. Um, Larry Norman, you know, a lot of the pioneers in the, the music yeah. industry. But as you were talking, yeah. I was just, it brought to mind, I, I really enjoyed it. So to any of our listeners out there, the Jesus Project, check it out. It's not, yeah. it's not free, but yeah. I think it's well worth it. Yeah. Johnny, what do you think, uh, where do you think the church is headed these days as far as, music goes uh, do, do you think uh, you know what what do you see in your crystal ball so to speak maybe that's not a good analogy to use but where do you see things going musically for the church the church in general well i i really haven't thought about that in several years uh, i i continue to watch it but I'm not leading it any longer. And uh, so I'm not thinking about it and meditating on it very much. So I don't know that I've really got a, a word for you on that, Phil. Do you think uh, it's going to, from what you've seen, do you, do you like the direction it's going? I do. I, uh, where it's going now, I saw. Back in, back, you know, by the time I was reaching the, the age of retirement uh, and was beginning to step out of that, I was dreaming of going where we are now and seeing where we're going now. Uh, and uh, it has become so technologically uh, involved. It's, but the thing that, that strikes me is that, that uh, the presence of God is still sought the same way as we were learning to seek it, uh, that the, the worship leadership that is in the leadership on the world scene uh, and is still affecting and influencing all churches uh, is very, uh, is, it's the real thing I believe and um, and godly men godly women uh, are are writing god breathed songs and I think that's just continue to evolve uh, and um, in the direction that God wants it to go good yeah interesting let, let me change directions here uh, if I can and uh, I mentioned at the very beginning of this podcast that uh, uh, you made it publicly known that you've been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Uh, when did you know this and, and, and how did this come about? How did you, how did you find out that you have uh, pancreatic cancer? I've been having some trouble with my stomach or my abdomen and uh, the, the doctor had scheduled me for a scan, but the, uh, the symptoms were just worse. And I was, was uh, concerned that I'd, really shouldn't wait uh, for the appointment that was scheduled out a couple of weeks away. So I went to the ER and checked in and told him I was having this pain and, um, uh, and also still have some fever and things. Well, they took some tests and they came back in the room and they said, first of all, uh, you've tested positive for COVID-19. And uh, when I got home that night, I found that, that Judy was running a fever and was coughing. And so we both had COVID-19. They told me I had pneumonia operating already. Uh, and, um, and they said, but we've seen something. We've seen a mass 
it looks, it seems we have a mass on your pancreas. And so that led to a number of, of other tests and scans, and finally a scope and, uh, and biopsy. And on the 29th of, um, of October, we sat down. It would have been the 29th of November because we went through all these tests and things. We got 29th of November and uh, we sat down with the oncologist and now they have come to the conclusion that I'm at stage four, which means uh, they no longer consider it operable. That whenever, you know, before the cancer is spread, they can, they can, they think that, uh, they see that, that with surgery, it can actually be cured. But once it's spread, they can no longer cure it with surgery. And they're just gonna treat you with chemotherapy for the rest of your life, um, or until you choose not to. And so I, I asked her, because I'd been, I already was aware of all of this uh, to an extent doing research and all. And my daughter being an ER nurse for 10 years, it was her researching also and helping me with it. <clears throat> and so I asked her, um, uh, you know, with treatment, without treatment, you know, what, uh, you know, what's the lifespan you anticipate? And she said, well, on average, if you don't take the, don't do chemotherapy, you've got about four months that if, uh, that on average, if you have treatment, you've got about eight months. And, uh, and of course, we all read in the family that I was above average <laughs> and mm. that, that I probably had more than four months, but uh, it was still devastating information. And are you, uh, are, you <clears throat> are you getting treatment chemotherapy? I'm not. I sense that, uh, that the Lord has just directed me not to do that. Uh, and, um, and so I'm not, and, uh, and I'm, uh, you know, it's just amazing. I'm every day I'm spending time in scripture and the Lord is teaching me how to, how to look at things in a different way that I've ever seen before to dig in ways I haven't dug. And, um, and so I'm just understanding things. And I, and I, and I sense the Lord saying to me right before we moved out, he said, John, uh, you're not, you're not going to California to die. You're going to California to give birth to something I have in mind. And, uh, and so I'm operating based on a, a vision that the Lord gave me back in 2009. And, uh, and I just believe that I, I've got a, you know, what you might think of as a late in life assignment uh, to, uh, you know, this kind of like maybe Caleb, you know, in the, in the old scriptures where he actually started his, his, journey and at 85 and Moses who started at 80 and I'm certainly not a Moses type guy I'm more of a, of a Caleb an ordinary guy just following follow God and they say the you know, scripture says that he followed God wholeheartedly that he was a man of a different spirit and um, and I think that the Lord's given me a grace to follow him uh, you know I, I, I continually seek to be wholeheartedly in my following of the Lord and um, and I just, you know, I felt like that whenever I, I left the uh, the full-time ministry, the Lord said, I want you in the marketplace. And you've already referred to my company. Mm -hmm. And uh, and, I, and so I believe that I've got two assignments in, in regard to that. One is to build a successful business. But another is to reach the marketplace, especially business owners, uh, with uh, the hope and the realization that that God loves business, that God loves business owners. Uh, and that he wants to partner with us uh, as business owners 
he wants to give us inside intel. He wants to give us secrets about our particular business and industry uh, that allows us to be very successful, even beyond expected successful uh, in our in our marketplace to really occupy the the marketplace that we were born to occupy. And um, but at the same time, to not be living our lives in, in anxiety and in worry. Uh, you know, most business owners that I've talked to are pretty worried. They're pretty, you know, it's a scary time to be doing business. Yeah. So, and I think it's going to get more scary. So let me talk to you a little bit about anxiety. So when you first heard this diagnosis, what was going through your mind at the time when you first heard it? Well, just floods of surprise, first of all. And because uh, it came out of nowhere, this was so unexpected. I have no history of it in my family, and you know, and, I, and I've asked the Lord to search my heart to see if there's any. A lot of times, people who who have cancers uh, and get healed from it discover that they were carrying around some some heavy grudges, some heavy unforgiveness and bitterness. That once they get that cleared away, that then the then the cancer clears up. Uh, I've read stories about that for years. And, uh, but as far as I know, I have no bitterness in my heart that, that I have had and the Lord has dealt with uh, that in many times in the past, but that there was just, I just not aware of any really open door in that real, in that realization. And so um, it's just, uh, it's an attack, I believe, against me. And then of course my wife has Alzheimer's. Uh, and so the Lord's showing me that uh, I'm under attack is trying to steal my wife, and that's it. Just not having the, not being able to hear her talk to me and understand me and, and have conversations is a huge, that's the thing I miss most. And, uh, but I love taking care of her. And, uh, and we have sweet, sweet times together. Uh, and, uh, and then, the, but then the attack on the assignment as well. So it's like I'm, it's like King Jehoshaphat, you know, he had three armies coming against him, and, and it was absolutely impossible situation and um, the Lord showed me that I've really got an attack coming from three different realms against me physically and uh, against my wife and against the business and when I first heard it uh, I just I just I just realized okay the battle is is is, uh, is here in a way that I wasn't expecting and um, but uh, the last 10, 15 years, the Lord has been teaching me about anxiety and how to manage it and how to, and, and I have to manage it on a daily basis, but I, I do. And so I don't live with, a, with that burning pain in my gut that I used to have all the time. And uh, I don't, I don't live my life with pictures that I'm seeing that are causing me to be fearful, but uh, on the contrary, it caused me to be hopeful. So, and my, Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. Go ahead. So your wife was diagnosed. How long has it been? You've been a caretaker for her for several years now, right? Yeah, we're about three years into this. And uh, it was about two and a half years ago that the neurologist actually diagnosed her specifically with moderately severe uh, Alzheimer's. And that has uh, continued to progress uh, to the point that that she, she knows me very well. 
but she can't tell me what she's thinking. <clears throat> oh, that's got to be very, it's been very challenging. I know we, we had lunch at, I don't know, probably over a year or so ago, and you were sharing with me about your wife. But yeah, that's, so you've been uh, quite the saint for her. And then you get struck with this diagnosis. It's got to be, like you said, disheartening. But you mentioned before we went on the air that you feel like um, God's got a purpose in bringing you to California and finishing, you know, um, you, you have this job to do. What, uh, yeah. what, uh, what, uh, how did God speak to you to communicate that to you and that you needed to be very public with this? You know, I read a book by, um, it's entitled, what's it called? A thousand, a million miles in a thousand years or a thousand years and a million miles. Uh, Don Miller, fabulous book. And in reading that book, uh, I just sensed the Lord was leading me in the direction of living my life out. Because already I was struggling with, you know, with Judy's issues and, uh, and just being 80 years old uh, and in the business field, uh, is a, is a is a challenge all of its all of its own, and uh, that uh, that that there was a story unfolding here that God was writing, that uh, that was going to be encouraging to people that that it was meant for, and uh, I just sensed that, but I didn't know how that was going to unfold, and uh, but I knew that that because of my limitations of my you know I, I was home most of the time. I was no longer able to get out and go to business meetings like I used to and go see people like I used to. And that, that the only way I was going to really be able to, to grow my company and fulfill my assignment, either one, was through my writing, which I, which I love to do, and, uh, but which I've had a hard time finding time to do because of the demands of the business. And so this last year, Lord, showed me I, started, I need to restructure so that that the detailed work of taking care of our clients in an excellent way would be handled by others and I could focus more on, on the writing part. So that's been underway for some time. Uh, and so my daughter had come to stay with us for the, uh, uh, to take, help us take care of, help take care of us while we had COVID. This was on October the 8th. She arrived on October the 8th, which happened to be her birthday. And, uh, and so we're sitting there one evening and, and it, it, just talking about the whole thing. And she says, just out of the way, she says, Daddy, you need to get back to writing. And it was like, it was, it was almost, she was almost commanding me. And, but I sensed that, that I was hearing from God and um, that he was saying that. And, uh, and I also sensed that, that he just said to me, Johnny, he said, as you write, your, man, your healing will manifest. Uh, it was like you know, very many times in scripture when God was fixing to do a miracle for somebody, he gave them an instruction of what they did uh, in order to, he gave, this is your job. My job is to do the impossible. Your job is to do this. And, um, and so I kind of sensed that that was my instruction. And, uh, and so I started, I, I realized, okay, that's just going to be my top priority. So I started doing that. And uh, within this last week, I just knew that it, 
that started on Facebook with my friends. I got a little over a thousand friends, you know, from from high school and college and every church I've been in, and uh, just all over the world, really. And that, uh, that these are the people that I'm supposed to that the Lord's connected with me with, you know, and a lifetime of strategic connections, a lifetime of divine connections, and that I'm to share with them. Uh, and it's the ones of them that it's meant for, we'll read every bit of it. And, and they're fr- and friends of theirs that are supposed to read it. That uh, it's, it's my first place to go. And, um, and so this week, I started that group, Phil mentioned it on Facebook, and uh, invited a few of my friends to join. And I don't know how many we've got now, a couple of hundred people have joined. And, uh, and so then this morning, I just uh, engaged that 20 seconds of courage that I needed to actually put the stuff out there that the Lord's given me to start this, you know, put day one post on. And um, so that uh, that's how, you know, that's kind of the roundabout way that I got to doing, doing what I'm doing. Johnny, we're, we're running out of time here. Go ahead, Steve. No, just the writings are, so they're available on the, the Facebook group. Is that the primary place to get, for those that are listening in, you can get what you've been writing over the past several weeks, months. Is that through the, the Facebook yeah, group or is it somewhere else? Well, that's where it is now. It's a, it's, it's a public group. Anybody can join. And But I'm going to be you know, leaning from that material and posting on my website. And I'll be posting on Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter uh, in time doing, and doing some podcasts as well. So I'm going to try to just do this every way that I can to reach people even and then promoting certain yeah. pieces of it, uh, you know, through advertising and stuff. <clears throat> so uh, if people want to get in on that, Johnny Wyatt, you can just do a, probably do a Facebook search for Johnny Wyatt. Wyatt is spelled W W Y A T T. And uh, he's also with the J3 effects. Johnny, we've only got a minute or two left here, but uh, I wanted to ask you this. Um, if you could do this in a minute or so before we sign off here, uh, yes. what would you tell somebody that's experiencing maybe, maybe not the exact same thing you are, but, but perhaps experiencing some health issues, perhaps they have a loved one that's experiencing health issues. Uh, what would you tell somebody? The most important thing in, in terms of, of looking to, to, to God for help, is is that there needs to be a daily thing that you've got to have a, your your spirit your spirit man has got to be robust it's got to be strong enough that 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 the flesh no longer can call the shots and and it's and it's that daily encounter with him and and my sense is that there's a the scripture that says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, and, and that word, the Bible word for word there is, is rhema. It's that personal spoken word where God speaks a word to your heart. That that's where your faith really is formed. That's what starts the faith, what gives you faith. And it, but it's like a battery that runs down. Uh, like the children of Israel only had manna for one day. They had to get new manna the next day. It's like his mercies are new every morning. Uh, that, uh, that it takes that daily relationship and one day, my, my experience is that I don't, 
I don't, I don't get into God's presence and hear him. When he gives me a word that, in, that sometimes can leave me excited all day long. But a day that I go through that I don't take time to hear him uh, and get that word are the days when I, I feel more pain. I struggle more with anxiety, that I have more difficulty walking in a sense of peace and joy. And uh, but the days when I do, uh, it's, uh, it's just supernatural. It's him. And, uh, and so get into his word. Let God speak to you through his word. Uh, uh, specifically and personally, and uh, and he, you know, I, I, I actually use journaling as one of my primary approaches of, of hearing from God, but uh, he speaks many ways. But so those who seek him will find him. Yeah, that's great. All right, so look, uh, we're out of time here. How can people find you or get a hold of you, Johnny? What, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Uh, just the website, my email. Web, my web, my web, my website and Facebook right now will be the best way. So my way, my website is j 3 effectmarketingcom and my Facebook. I want to make sure I'm telling you the right thing here. I saw it earlier, but I can't remember. Uh, so like Steve said, you can search for me on Facebook. And uh, and I come up as Johnny White J three, no spaces. Johnny White J three. Hmm. Okay. So if you search for me, Johnny White J three, you'll get to my Facebook page. Yeah. And, and of course, people can can reach out to us. Uh, support at streamingchurch.tv. That's our email address. And uh, people can reach out to us, and uh, we can direct people to you. Johnny, do you remember you were one of our first guests when we used to do this in a different format? We used to do video only over 10 years ago at a coffee shop here in town. And you sat down with me at a round table. I think I had a fedora on. And we talked about churches and churches being involved in getting the word out and marketing. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I do. Thank you very much for that time. Steve was running the camera, and I think he had one of our one of a, a floodlight on us and everything, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. all right, well, look, we're out of time. Sadly, we're out of time, but uh, maybe we can talk again here in the near future. Uh, it's just always a pleasure, Johnny, to, 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 to listen to you and to talk with you and your openness and your humility is, is just wonderful. Yeah. Well, I love you guys. I love what you do. And it's been a real honor to be a part of this. Yeah. Well, I can sit at your feet all day, Johnny. And, and listen so it's great yeah. you're one of my favorites so yeah. and thank you thank I, you i didn't know you're 80 years old you're you're older than i am i am i am <laughs> <laughs> you've been in ministry more than four decades then you've been it's probably been like six or seven decades right <laughs> i have yeah i've been in i've been <laughs> in ministry in some way all my life obviously yeah yeah all right well we're out of time I'm dragging this out uh thank you johnny thank you steve and uh thank you those of you who are either watching this or listening to this the, you can always subscribe to the church solutions podcast anywhere that you get your podcast and don't forget that we're brought to you by mychurchdaily.com uh, it's a way that you can get on alexa devices your church or ministry can be on alexa devices going through mychurchdaily.com, which is brought to you by us. And uh, check it out when you can. Uh, Johnny, have a very happy new year. Thank you. Thank you much. God bless you guys. God bless you too.